All right, let's do this. Welcome first-time listeners and returners to the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table, especially our next incredible guest. And also remember, at the end of the podcast, there will be some additional phenomenal content for you to watch or listen to for free. So grab your favorite deli sandwich or bagel and your favorite beverage, and let's do this together in the Sports Deli. We're so honored to welcome our 22nd professional men's basketball player, the pride of Macomb, Mississippi, professional basketball skills trainer, Brian Adams. Played both competitive basketball and baseball and is considered one of the greatest high school basketball players in Mississippi history. Attended Alcorn State University after having offers from Florida, Old Miss, Tennessee, and Clemson, which pissed a lot of people off. Other notable Alcorn State athletes are Lucy Harris, rest in peace, who we just did a special on recently with the Legends of the Ball, one of the greatest women's professional basketball players in the history of sports, Steve McNair, former NFL star, Leslie Frazier, Medgar Evers, Super Bowl champion and current business partner, Donald Driver, and one of my favorite Detroit Pistons of all time, Lindsey Hunter. Nonetheless, B-Money was named SWAC Freshman of the year at Alcorn State. He helped them win a conference championship while earning a berth in the March Madness's NCAA tournament, which I didn't know in some of our previous conversations. Germany, Norway, and Portugal, and later returned to Alcorn State to be an assistant coach under his mentor and former two-time NBA champion, Larry Smith. I didn't know that either. He has worked with numerous players on all levels, including NBA champions, WNBA players, and D1 student-athletes. In September of 2019, Brian was inducted into the Alcorn State Sports Hall of Fame. He was born the same day as Hulk Hogan, and the same year as Vince Carter, Randy Moss, Ludacris, Layla Lee, and the former New England quarterback who won a lot, who we'll talk about later, who I've been very critical of, Paul Pierce and Stephon Marbury. He just did a pro day for some incredible women where four WNBA teams were present, and his business partners are Donald Driver and Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Incredible. Your journey has taken you to a place uh, where maybe you never imagined uh, growing up in the Deep South, like we talked about. But you can find him on Instagram and Twitter at driven underscore elite or on drivenelite.net and on LinkedIn, where if you search for Brian Adams, you'll see his Driven Elite logo. And you can always email him at elite three, the number three hoops at gmail.com. Brian, man, I'm so excited that we got a chance to finally hook up, man. Much love and welcome to the Sports Daily Podcast where everyone deserves a seat at the table. And I appreciate it, man. I know we've been uh, trying to connect for a long time and now we finally uh, get a chance to do so. So I'm uh, I'm honored. I've known a lot of people in the basketball world who have used basketball as a vehicle. So tell everyone a little bit about your upbringing in the Deep South. Well, you know, uh, growing up in Macomb, Mississippi, uh, I was fortunate enough to have both of my parents involved in my uh, childhood. My, My father was born in Mississippi. I was the only child growing up. Uh, I didn't have a, you know, silver spoon in my mouth. You know, I saw some, you know, great days and I saw days that, you know, there was a little struggle and, and things of that nature. My, my dad was a, a really good guy in the community, but he was a hustler. And, uh, you know, I saw some things growing up that, you know, uh, I probably shouldn't have saw, but, um, um, you know, I, I've seen, you know, drugs and things of that nature, but it didn't take over my family. That's interesting because, uh, A, from the standpoint of you had no siblings, and B, from the standpoint you didn't see anybody 
you know, in terms of representation, other than, you know, obviously, you know, the family played sports and, you know, probably talking smack and pushing you around and toughening you right. up and things like that. Right. But looking back on it, this is the thing that I thought about, because I'm an only child and so is my daughter. So we have something all in common. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I pushed my daughter into team sport besides gymnastic is because when you're an only child, you don't know how to share. Right. <laughs> and so when you look back on it, do you think that that's something that was invaluable to you in terms of not just self-sacrifice and life skills, but that you really understood how to be better at understanding the greater good and what servitude really means? Um, yes, for sure. You know, uh, and also, you know, when you're the only child, you know, and, and you going out in the yard when, when your friends and stuff not around, you learn how to compete against yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I'm out there, you know, in my front yard, I'm playing shadow basketball. I'm, I'm Magic Johnson. I'm James Word. I'm Kareem. I'm going up against the, the Celtics. I'm, I'm, I'm facing Bird and Mikhail and, and Parrish. And, you know, and I'm just talking, you know, like I'm Brent Musburger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm old school uh, NBA on CBS, you know. And oh, uh, man. I learned how to compete against myself first you know what i'm saying before i can compete against anybody else you know we didn't have skills trainers back then right we we, we barely had uh televisions and vhs's <laughs> right. and like we had to use the naked eye to learn moves right tell everyone how tall you are and what kind of player you were um i'm six five i had a late start growing uh my mom was five two my dad was five nine Wait, wait, wait. did they skip a generation? What in God's name happened? You sure they didn't take the wrong kid? <laughs> five two, five nine. What the hell happened? And I get six five. Shit, that's how tall my parents were. What the right. hell? <laughs> God Man. damn. Right. That's some bullshit right there. Man, you know, it was just a, a blessing. And um, you know, wow. I, I learned how, you know, growing up watching Max Johnson play, just my dad always said, Hey, that's that's how you play basketball, that's the right way to play. So I honed my skills uh, at an early age. I was a post player in middle yeah. school. I never complained about playing in the post. And But my, my middle school coach allowed me to get it off the glass and, and, and lead the break. Wait, hold on a second. I, I just, people that are, that are watching or listening, you got to understand, <laughs> back then for a middle school coach to allow a 6'2 post player to grab and go, to get a rebound and push the ball up the floor is so rare, was so rare back then. And like, and probably was a big reason why, you know, you were so successful because you were able to play multiple positions back then instead of just what? Get it to the point guard. Right. Get up the floor right. and get in the block. Right. right. And man, that is, that can't go unnoticed. I just had to right. mention that. That is man, props to him. What was his name or her name? Oh, Coach Stevens. John Stevens was his name. He was my uh, he was my basketball coach, and he was my uh, my my football coach as well. Man, shout out to forward thinking Coach Stevens. Wow, that's <laughs> that is fire. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So you grew three inches. Yep. Yeah. So now I transferred to a a, a powerhouse uh, high school, and now You're I playing get on baseball pitch. too, right? Yeah, I was playing baseball, and um, yep. I get on campus at another school. Um, it's like six guys taller than me, and I'm six five as a freshman. So now I got to be a guard, you know. But I was re- I was prepared for it. it's just some things I had to 
detail a little bit more and pay attention to because, I mean, in my front yard, I was Magic Johnson anyway. So, you know, I was just, you know, preparing myself for the moment. Uh, I know you asked uh, what type of player I was. Uh, I think I was a great all-around player, uh, I, uh, very aggressive. So you were Draymond. You were Draymond back then. Uh, man, I think as I got older, the, the comparison, Paul Pierce. Ooh. I was called okay. athletic, athletic Paul Pierce. The truth before the truth. <laughs> <laughs> let's go yeah the southern the southern truth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's amazing that's awesome man <clears throat> did you have sellout crowds for the games oh man it was in high school it was it was crazy because uh, uh the school i attended is called the piney woods country life school uh we lived on campus uh in high school like i wow. lived in a dorm in high school uh, it was a school like Oak Hill, but it's in the South. Yeah. And uh, our games, man, it was just, it was must-see uh, back then. Like, it would have been must-see TV, crowds, followers everywhere. Uh, just but did they film the games? Yeah, they filmed them. Uh, uh, I you got, got some, film? Yeah, I got footage. I got some footage on YouTube. Bro, have you, I haven't, oh, you do? Oh, man, you got to, I got to get the links for that. I yeah, gotta I got yeah, to send it to you. <laughs> oh, man, you got to send it to me. So when Andre Risen was on the show, right? And you uh-huh. know, Andre Risen played both basketball and football and ran right. track, right? So, but when he was at Flint Northwestern, he's a Flintstone. Yeah. So when I was a freshman, I went to Flint Northwestern during my freshman year when the varsity, they won the state championship. So they had Terrence Green, they had Andre Risen, Glenn Rice. I mean, they, this team was loaded. Glenn Rice's brother. I mean, they had other guys. This gym was 3,500 strong an hour before the game. This place, was, I'd never seen anything like this in my life. It was, and so, and it was a gym where it had the bars in front of you. Yeah. So, you know, you, you put your feet up, you know, old school gyms. Yeah. I mean, this play, the, the, it was like Cameron Indoor. It was shaking. Wow. I mean, these fans were going nuts. Andre Risen had an alley-oop. I mean, <laughs> and we lost the game, but we ended up winning the state championship. But, man, I had never been in an experience like that before, and it really changed my life in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, the love for the game, man. So, yeah, the crowds can really, uh, man, get, get you hyped. Did you cut your hair, like, the same day for game day? Like, Yeah, sometimes, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go ball and, and, and that nature, man. Hey, yeah. One thing uh, Isaiah Thomas said a few months ago, they had did this special on Chicago. He was like, man, I don't care what you did in college or what you do in the NBA. People will always remember what you did in high school. Mm-hmm. So t- tell everyone not only what it was like then, you know, your, your younger self, but looking, looking back on it now, right? You know, you were exactly where you were supposed to be. You made the decision that you made. Uh, you know, we can all kick ourselves for things that we did. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. But but tell everyone the, the reasons why you made the decision that you made to to not go to a power five. Um, I started seeing before me, like some of the best players that ever come out of Mississippi, like myself, they were going to these schools and they were riding the bench. Now, were they better than me? I don't know. Was I better than them? I don't know. But um, I just looked at it like, man, you know, these guys not playing like, you know, that can happen to me. I felt like I was being fluffed a lot, you know what I'm saying, through the, throughout the recruiting process. So the guy from Alcorn, Sam Weaver, you know, he never thought that he couldn't get me. 
He never thought that. So when I go to these big camps, ABCD and uh, in New Jersey and uh, Kreider Camp in uh, Cincinnati, uh, he right there. Amongst Man, all... people don't even know about ABCD or Metro Index or <laughs> Garf at, at Nike. Right. Man, those things are gone. Wow, you went yeah. to ABCD. Man, that's yeah. amazing in Jersey. Yeah. And it was so much I've talent. never talked about that on the show, man. But those camps back in the day, that's where you went. Oh, man. If you went to ABCD, you went nowhere. Or Nike. You and know, Nike. You had, if, yeah. you, if you considered wow. one of the best, you know, you're supposed to be there. And uh, like I say, man. Um, Wait, who was there? Uh, in my class? Yeah. Uh, it was Kobe, uh, Mike Bibby, Shaheen Holloway. Shaheen Holloway, the coach at St. Peter's right now? The one that just took his team to the Elite Eight. He was a baller back then, too. People don't even know about him. They just know him as a coach of St. Peter's. Man, <laughs> wow. Uh, Wait, did you go I, up against Kobe? If I did, this is what's crazy, man. When you're in high school, everybody's back like then, that. too. Yeah, yeah. so if everybody's like that. And if I went up against him, I don't even I don't even remember because, you know, he the man, I'm the man. You know, nobody thought it would turn out the way, you know, it turned out. But, man, you don't even be thinking about that. Well, he stuff. was young then, right? He was young. Yeah, we were we were going into our senior year of high school. And, uh, man, that camp was amazing. And uh, I came out of there a top 20 player in the country. I didn't even think I played well, though. And by Wait, me did being you from, dunk on anybody? Uh, a couple 360s. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a couple, a, a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of three sixties, man. That's that's, that's that about f- it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god, I want to see film on that. I have to, I have to see. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I mean, just coming, you know, from where I'm from, uh, yeah. small town, and you read, you look up and read a magazine, and you the number 18th ranked player in the country, like man, that's. That's crazy. Uh, I never played for the coach that recruited me. Uh, he resigned and went to Iowa State. So I ended up getting a coach that uh, wow. that knew nothing about me. Uh, and so we just had to, you know, I made that decision. And uh, there was no transfer portal. So I had to say, hey, look, I can either leave or stay here and figure this thing out. We were talented. It wasn't like we were yeah. getting blown out. Like we, you know, we beat some schools like SMU and nearly beat uh, LSU the year they went to the Sweet 16. So this is what's crazy. John Brady was the coach then, and he was from Macomb, Mississippi. Wow. That was before. Okay, right, right, right. He's from my hometown. Wow, that's crazy. Wait, so he yeah. knew you? Yeah, he recruited me. That's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. So you helped your team go to an NCAA tournament. What was that like, man? Well, who'd you guys play in the first round? Uh, we played Stanford, and uh, what's crazy, uh, my, wow. after Jordan camp, I decided <laughs> not to take a medical red shirt. Uh, that's one of the biggest athletic mistakes uh, that I ever made. You know, if I have any regret about my career, um, just not taking that medical red shirt, that, that probably cost me some money. And um, I've never not played basketball. So that's why I didn't redshirt. Like I never had to be like a cheerleader. You know what I'm saying? And well, man, they didn't was, rehab people back then the same way that they do now. Oh no, so I would have been. You know, I would have been healthy. You know, Hell yeah, yeah, I definitely would have been healthy. But 
man, we knocked some teams off that year and uh, wow. played Stanford. That score was tied with three minutes left, and we lost by twelve. Man, it was it was. I don't even know how that game could get out of hand that fast. Other than the refs started going crazy. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> wow, man, yeah. that that must have been an experience. So, like, just to know that your squad, you know, made it to the big dance. Everyone knows, like, what March Madness is about—the magic of March Madness, man. It, it back then too. Yeah, yeah, it, wow. it really it meant a lot, man. Because there's always no guarantee uh, that you're gonna ever get back to March Madness. So you gotta you gotta soak it all in from day one. Yeah, there's nothing like March Madness. Let me pivot and ask you this uh, question about the women's game. We are also about promoting the women's game as we approach the 50th anniversary of Title IX on June 23rd. Mm -hmm. And so really, when it's all said and done, whether it's on the men's side, like you and I play college basketball, it, the game's bigger than all of us. Right. And what we should be about is not only representation, but promoting the game, the men's game is much further along than the women's game. Right. And what we what we want is to promote the women's game and equality. The biggest takeaway from all this, that the women's game, from an attendance standpoint, from a viewership standpoint, from a talent standpoint, the women's game is, is doing really well right now. Oh, yeah, man. Um, people might not believe this. I watch the women more than I watch the guys, you know. Uh, um, because I love working with young ladies and, uh, you know, helping them get better. Um, they really soak things in. They listen. Um, Wait, but hold on. I want to ask you a question about that. And I agree with you because I coach men 15 years. Yeah. How did you come to this realization? Because when I was younger, people were like, oh, don't go to the women's side. You go to the women's side, you'll never come back. You can't coach women's ball. You know, that, that ain't real basketball. You know, there was all these things said. And like, what, when did you just say, I just like coaching women better. Well, on the men's side, you know, especially younger guys, AU, so it's just too much that goes on that um, I don't want to be a part of all the other shenanigans. You know, guys got handlers and, and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Like, man, I don't want to be part of none of that. On the girl side, is there's nowhere near that. And uh, sure, I get the same joy out of, you know, working with them than I do, you know, uh, some guys, you know. Absolutely. Oh, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've watched some film with the ho hopeful WNBA players, you know, I've worked with, mm -hmm. with some pros and uh, man, they just soak, they soak it in. I mean, I love working with guys too. I've worked with, you know, professional men's players too, like you have, but it, you know, it's just different. And the women just aren't, you know, as further along as the men. And that's what I like to teach is the nuances to each position, even if you are positionless, because there's still a post game on the women's side. Right. And so yeah, that's sure. where I think, you know, we help is to, to help with those nuances, man. That is, that is fascinating. So tell, tell everyone a little bit about um, what it was like playing professionally overseas and your experience, uh, you know, really as a black man overseas back then, because I'm, I'm yeah. curious to know how that was. Do you have any training camp opportunities? Uh, the only day I played in the summer league uh, when it was in Long Beach. Um, oh yeah. For who? Yeah. Uh, when I was on the free agent team. I want that film. Yeah. Oh, I got you. My first stop was in Germany. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of people love Germany. I just wasn't a, I just wasn't a big fan of it, man. I had a lot going on. You didn't like time. those knockworths, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know my, my father passed away 
Oh, oh. Well, overseas. Wait, did yeah. they speak German during the timeouts and at practice and stuff, or were they were they really most times? Yeah, everything? most times. You know, they probably <laughs> look. <laughs> I, I probably I probably was getting cursed out. You know, during the time <laughs> after the this game. Moment. You know, probably was like, man, we got we got to get his ass out of here. And I don't know. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So you know, oh, uh, my roommates they were German, but they could speak English though. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So so then you you leverage that, and then where'd you go? Um, I went to was it Norway, and then I went to Portugal. Uh, after that, that was my favorite country to play in out of all of them. Yeah, that was, that was a, a chicken every day. <laughs> oh, the food. Brian, let me ask you a quick question about mental health in the black community. Because, look, let's be honest, uh, there, there are certain narratives in society, uh, you know, uh, white versus black in terms of mental health. But but were you around teammates that you were concerned about or that, you know, looking back on it, you should have done more or, you know, now in the space of right. mental health where so many more people are outspoken about it, whether it's DeMar DeRozan or Liz Cambage or Meta, Meta Sanford, our test, or, you know, whoever it is, you know, do you see things differently now in, in, in a good way? Well, yeah. Um, you know, I lost three teammates to suicide. Um, one in high school. Um, he, he did it, you know, after we got out of high school. Then I lost two college teammates that were roommates as teammates. They committed suicide maybe like a year or so apart from each other. You know, oh. so... Some some players, man, when it's over, wow. not saying, you know, I don't know what was the reason, but, you know, sometimes, wow. you know, when when the career is over and the, and, and the lights go off, you know, um, some people can't accept it, that it's over, you know, and go you know, into I had a the form. Yeah, no, I, well, they've probably been in a funk a lot longer than just that, but that may oh, be yeah. a trigger. Right. But, you know, I had Joanne McCauley on, you know, former Duke coach, former Michigan State coach and former Maine coach. And she, she wrote the book Secret Warrior, which I just read uh, about mm-hmm. her journey. And it, it was it's fascinating because, you know, she coached for almost her entire career with bipolar. Mm-hmm. And so she talked about how it's more of it's like blood, blood pressure medication or cholesterol medication. You know, some right. people are imbalanced. Now, I think right. we're overmedicated as a society for certain things, but there are certain chemical imbalances that especially wouldn't you agree in the black and brown community that if we, if we just can normal, not we, I'm not part of the black and brown community, but if you, if you normalize it in that, in that space and those spaces that it, it could help a lot of people, you know, uh, with depression or bipolar, instead of getting roasted or feeling like right. you're an outcast in your families and in your communities. Right, I believe so. Cause, I mean, because one thing about it, man, we don't know what people be dealing with um, throughout the day, each and every day. Um, you know, so it's a lot of people out here that, that's, that need help and uh, they don't know how to uh, uh, reach out, you know, for help and things of that nature. I mean, I, I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, even with counseling, man, ain't, there's nothing wrong with, I think, my opinion, that go down, go, you know, sit, sit down and talk to someone, you know, uh, seek professional, you know, help, uh, if you can, you know, so I, I mean, I know even with myself, you know, I try to sit down, uh, you know, and, and with, with, with problem, uh, if I got any issues and things of that nature, sit down and talk to somebody and, you know, and try to become a better, uh, person, be the best person I can be, you know, towards, uh, myself and, 
towards people around me, towards my loved ones and, and stuff like that. But I think, like you say, if they normalize, you know, things, man, and help people, you know, um, you know, that'll be great. Man, do you understand how important that is? Not that I'm the one to tell you this, but man, as a black man, like to, to hear that, do, I mean, is that something, you know, that people around you know? Do you tell the kids that? Do you tell the parents that? Like, are you influencing other black parents, you know, to say, hey, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with what you just told me, you know, or do you stay away from that kind of thing? Because I just think uh-huh. it's different coming from you. Yeah, you know, it can be, you know, you got to be, you know, some, you know, delicate. Yeah. This, this time, you know, this day and time, you got to be a little. But what about the pros? You know, the kids, I understand, you know, they're, they're minors, but, but do you talk to the pros and say, man, you need to talk to somebody. You're not going to maximize your potential if you're going to try and play in the W or whatever, or D1 basketball, if you don't get your shit together. Right. Well, I talk to them more about just, you know, staying clean and, and you know, just outside of your game, man, you got to be, yeah. you got to be the best person that you can be, and and you don't want to get labeled and uh, characterized. You know, uh, like once they label you as something, man, it's gonna be hard to shake. It's gonna be yeah. definitely hard to shake that. Or you do something stupid on social media, right? So, uh, <clears throat> how did music impact you growing up? Oh man, I'm a music freak, man. <laughs> man I'm sure had, on that treadmill over your right shoulder, you listen to a lot of music. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah, that Peloton. I got the Peloton over there. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Yeah. Is Peloton going to make it? I'm hearing some things about Peloton, man. I don't know, but but my best friend, the one that I told you about, yeah, you know, she's an assistant coach at Kansas State. Uh, uh-huh. She's got one too. She loves it, man. Yeah, Peloton. My, my wife uh, got the uh, Peloton. And, you know, I just got to get used to as a tall guy riding that dog on a uh, bike like that because it, it's uh, you got to wear you got to wear uh, biker shorts and stuff. Right. Like that, you know, it's, and the shoes are special. And, and, hey, it's not it's not like, you know, there's not a huffy. <laughs> he said a huffy. <laughs> the banana seat. <laughs> no, no banana seat. <laughs> oh, hell no. No, he didn't. Wait, so who's well, your favorite, you know, young young rappers? Growing up in Mississippi, we had no rappers, so I had to listen to everybody. But um wow. man, when I first heard uh that that, that Raising Hell run DMC and oh, Eric B and Rock Kim paid in full, I damn near lost the rhythm, my mind. Hit him, baby. I almost lost it when I heard, you know, Raising Hell and uh Oh man, and and paid in full, man. Like golly, like that's timeless masterpiece. Phenomenal lyrics. It wasn't just the voice and 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 the beat. It was the lyrics were brilliant, man. Oh man, timeless. Like it was just timeless, timeless. man. I think it was Jahidi White, and you know he came on the show, and he talked about how music allowed him to go to different countries. That how it was for you. Like you were just feeling like you could experience the world. Even though oh, you yeah, were, man. you know, in the deep south. Yeah, music moves you, man. You know, um, just the the beats and the and the lyrics mm-hmm. and you know things that you know that relates to you and maybe some things that you got going on in your life. You know, so yeah, man, it was it was it was amazing. Oh man, that's great. You know, because people don't. I don't think people realize white people, especially. You know how much um, of of trends, music trends, fashion trends are influenced by people of color. Right. And really, that's where, that's where it's, it started for the longest, right. for several decades. 
whether it's timber timberlands or max julians or filas or lsa's or nikes Mm -hmm. or you know wearing clothes a certain way like it's that's where it starts right oh man so let me ask you a question you saw uh all the sports leagues to pivot here Mm -hmm. after the murder of george floyd and colin kneeling and one of your business partners is Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, the former Chris Jackson from Louisiana State University. Um, I believe he played with Shaq one year. Yeah, Shaq and, and, Stanley, and Stanley Roberts. And Stanley Roberts. Amazing. Yeah. And <clears throat> so Mahmoud was one of the first. I mean, I had somebody from the 68 Olympics on my show, my former high school cross-country coach, who was part of the group that protested in 1968. Uh-huh. And, you know, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, there's been a lot of people. But in the NBA, we don't know about many people other than Craig Hodges and Mahmoud, you know, who both were sort of white balled after they protested. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when you watch Colin Neal, knowing, you know, what you know now about Mahmoud, you know, what, what, what did you think when the women did what they did to change two elections and force Kelly Leffler out, an owner, and mm-hmm. when you... You saw Colin Neal and Bruce Maxwell in baseball. And when you saw and and, and where are we now with it? Well, I, I think it was powerful, um, you know, especially with the young ladies, uh, the move that they made, you know, and it, and it ousted, you know, an owner pretty much, you know, out the league, huh. um, you know, and I thought it, I thought it was authentic and I thought it was genuine. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, you know, with Cap. You know, um, he spoke out on, you know, uh, uh, social injustice and, you know, it cost him, you know, it cost him his career. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I I think he don't have any regrets about, you know, what he did. And then, I mean, it it came to light, you know, he kneeled. And then next thing, you know, uh, it was already going on, you know, police brutality. And then it just amped up, you know, a little bit after that, you know, because I remember, you know, back uh, in Mississippi when, you know, the cops, you know, almost beat my uncle to death. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about, you know, whoopings you was getting back in the 70s and 80s and uh, 90s when there was no dash camera. Right. Man, you know, so, um, but no, man, I think right now it it was a powerful movement and and it helped. In a lot of ways, I, I think if if coaches care about the whole person, you know, there's a better shot. Uh, and on the women's side, I think you would agree that the, the women's coaches care about the whole person a little bit differently than they do on the men's side. I mean, that's that was my experience anyway. There's right. still hardcore, a lot of hardcore right. coaches on the women's side. But but I, I think if the, the because you have to care about the whole person now. I mean, you have right. to take into consideration the mental health aspect and the, and the culture on, on the court. Otherwise, you ain't got a shot in hell. Right. Well, if you don't care about the whole person and they got this thing called this transfer portal, that'll, that'll probably be your <laughs> yeah, last. you out of here. <laughs> that'll be your last year coaching that person. <laughs> yeah, oh, so. that's classic. Yeah. Let you me know, ask so. you a question. So I saw this story. I don't know if you saw this. So this is obviously Coach K's final year. Uh-huh. And he had, I don't know if you saw this. So he had some work done in his house about 40 years ago. And the guy who did the construction, he had a special needs brother. Mm. Uh, his name was Steve Mitchell. And his only wish 
that first year was a ticket to Cameron Indoor. Mm-hmm. And Coach K obliged and said, you know, he can sit behind me. Whoa. And it and it changed this kid's life uh, wow. forever. And, yeah. and and every year, this guy Steve Mitchell wrote a, wrote Coach K a letter, and and said, you know, can I come to a game? And for thirty seven years, uh, he let him sit behind the bench for one game. Wow! Wow! And he and he just passed away. Um, hmm. But but I'm just wondering, you know, because we want to impact lives, right? And we talked about right. how the game is bigger, bigger than us, but, but have you come across someone who, you know, obviously you impact people, you're, you're, you're helping people at the highest level, which I want to finish with, mm-hmm. but have, have you influenced someone in a way where you're like, you know, they came back later and they were like, you have no idea. Like you remembered your high school coach's words. Has anyone right. come back and said, man, you have no idea what you did for me. You saved my life. You changed my life. And I can't, I can't thank you enough for what you did for me. Oh yeah. I mean, just being, just being honest with players and uh, authentic. Yeah. Telling. Yeah. Yeah. Being authentic. That's the word that we need to start using a lot now. Just be authentic and communicate with them and let them know, Hey, this is, this is how it's going to be when you get to college, no matter what level, you know, power five, low D one, you know, the work ethic and things of that nature, going to class and stuff. So I was I was honest with them. And then they come back after that freshman year, hey, coach, man, you wasn't lying, man. You told me it was going to be like this and what, <laughs> what I got to do to get better. <laughs> so, yeah, man, yeah, I've had several players uh, come back and, you know, um, and say positive things that have, you know, helped them. That's awesome. Do you like uh, coaching post players better or, or guards? Man, this is what's crazy. Like I could, I, as a player, I was a small forward, so I had to do everything. So, right. Um, one thing, you know, I had to tell people, man. Like, so after my playing career, I went back to Alcorn, and I was uh, under Larry Smith, uh, former right. NBA player. So, mm-hmm. man, when I first started coaching, and- hey, Larry could ball, man. I remember Larry. Yeah, Larry had a mid range. <laughs> Larry, 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 yeah, he can rebound too. For a guard, he was he was off the ground. Hell yeah, I remember Larry. Man, and um, um, I didn't know what I was doing when I first started training. I knew how to be a really good basketball player, but now I got to teach it to somebody else. It was different, you know. So I had to learn that. And um, you know, right now, man, I'm at a point where whether it's a guard or post, whatever, man, I teach everybody, you know, everything, everything, because, you know, your feet got to be right. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're being able to sell pump fakes and shoulder fakes right. and jabs and things of that nature. So yeah, I, I enjoy yeah. whether it's post wings or whatever. It doesn't, at this point, it don't even matter. That's awesome. So anything else you want to share with people? Tell, tell everyone about what you're involved with, with Mahmoud and Donald and, and how it's impacted you. Yeah. And validated just a lot of the things that you're doing, you know, and, and paying it forward. Well, um, Donald and I uh, went to Alcorn State uh, together, and uh, he left a year before I did. Uh, probably about four or five years ago, I hadn't seen him in 20 years, but he always hung with basketball players and stuff like that. And then we just wait, hold on a second. Can you tell everybody what it's like to go to an HBC football game? <sighs> 
<laughs> Wait, what's better, the game or halftime? <laughs> Both. Like, man, you got to, man, when Steve McNair and, and Donald Driver playing, bro, it ain't a seat man. nowhere. Ain't no seats. <laughs> God. Ain't no did seats. Did you know back then that those guys were going to go to the NFL? Like, were they that? Did you know? Did you have perspective? It's crazy because it, as, as amazing, you know, as uh, Steve McNair was so amazing, nobody would have ever dreamed that he's to be the, he'd be the number three pick, not the 30th, not the 27th. Right. 25th number three in 1995 but but he was Mahomes back then like he was literally Mahomes oh he throws off the wrong foot going the other way yes man hey bro and and in person I've never seen no football player better than him I've seen you know guys on tv but like yeah when you saw it in person man I can't even so good no I knew he passed away. Yeah, but yeah, I just wonder if you away. ever like talk to him, you know, about like that whole experience and what it meant to you and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh no, no, I, I never got a chance to. Oh. Uh, talk. Man, he was a great, great guy, though. You know. Yeah. Uh, man, just tragic. Uh, and that was just tragic, bro. Uh, and you know, and then with Donald, man, you know, you talking about a guy who loved basketball, and then he was a Olympic uh, qualifier. For the 2000 Olympics, yeah, he qualified for the high jump in the Olympics. So, Crazy. Um, yeah, man, we you know we linked back up, man. It, it's been it's been great ever since. And I shared this story uh, not too long ago about Mahmoud. So yeah. I had never been to a college basketball game before in my life, and um, my cousin took me and my other cousin to New Orleans, Louisiana to watch Georgetown versus LSU. And um, that's the first time I, you know, had knew anything about, you know, Chris Jackson at the time. And, you know, when I saw him, that's when I realized, man, somebody from Mississippi can actually make it. And then you fast forward 30 years later, I built a relationship with his best friend. His best friend links me up with him. And I get an invitation to his jersey retirement now we business partners man like i can't you can't even make this stuff up man you know so people can look up highlights of mahmoud he was my favorite player growing up right um i remember watching him and just thinking and and i think steph steph marbury sort of followed in his footsteps and played similarly to him but i had never seen anybody handle the ball like him you know, I didn't watch Pistol Pete, uh, who was also an, an LSU grad uh, before right. him. And we're going to have Pokey Chapman on coming up here uh, this week as well. Another LSU grad and coach. Mm-hmm. But he was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Let's just be honest. Oh, yeah. Like literally played oh, just yeah. like him. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. And sometimes when we're doing camps, you're going to laugh when I say this. Sometimes when we're doing camps, he'll be like, all right. Coach, break us up, break us out. What are we about to say? <laughs> and I say, uh, on three, he was better than Steph. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, if Mahmoud was playing now, Max, oh. Max guy, Max, five years, 200 million, Max. Yep. Max. 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 Absolutely. I'm he telling you, everybody, 
he was that good. He was that good. Like mid range, like <laughs> swag threes, like floaters, everything you see Steph do. He literally was doing it 30 years earlier. And this is what's crazy. He never said a word to anybody. Like Barry, like the the Barry Sanders of the NBA. Yeah. Never said a word, man. Lindsey Hunter told me, uh, make a long story short, they was in the state championship. I think it might have been Mark Moo's senior year in high school. It was, it was, it was a, it was, it was a big game. And uh, Lindsey Hunter, who could defend, had picked up two fouls, right? And um, picked up two fouls. Oh, man, I just noticed the T-shirt, bro. I'm tripping. <laughs> So, yes, I'm wearing I'm wearing my shirt, yeah. and it says it says stay true. Oh man, oh that's yep. love, man. And I got, um, him and I got you, yep, and Hanif uh, and everybody else. And, oh and, yeah, and, man. And, and the NBA, the NBA, take a look at that. What you did to him, unbelievable, man. And um, but yeah, man. Uh, back to the story. So yeah, Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay picked up two two fouls early. And the guy, uh, they subbed the guy out uh, for Lindsey. Lindsey grabs uh, his teammate, I think he said, at the scores table. He said, bro, whatever you do, don't say nothing to this man. Okay? So the guy gets in the game. (laughs) (laughs) The guy gets in the game and says, uh, yeah, what's up, All-American? Yeah, let me see it. <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> See, look, I told like, you. I think he said he either went from 12 or 18 straight points. <laughs> he asked for it. He said, let me see it. <laughs> oh, that is that is priceless. Oh man. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Crazy stories, man. <laughs> I, there's there's only a couple guys that I look forward to watching back then. You know, obviously Larry and Magic and Dr. J. Yeah. But man, when I was watching Chris Jackson, man, I don't care what I was doing, I was like glued to the television. <laughs> and Kevin Johnson was another one for whatever reason because yeah. I've you know I I teach his move the KJ that nobody really uses in the oh, NBA yeah. even still today. The oh yeah, he was side, KJ was dunk on you too. Dunk on you too, crazy. <laughs> All right, let's get to the uh, rapid fire, fascinating stuff. So, but but let me ask you: Have you you've heard Mahmoud talk about you know some things? I know he's been on some podcasts and stuff. And we're trying to get him on on this podcast, but um, you know what what are his thoughts? You know, reflecting back on it, if you've talked to him, because uh, you know it's it still happened up until five years ago with Colin in the NFL. And, you know, and I think now people are allowed to be outspoken, but it, it went on for whatever, 25, 30 years after what he did. Right. Uh, I think with him, man, everything he did was ahead of his time. His game was ahead yeah. of his time and his movement was ahead of his time. And, you know, what he stands for, you know, is, is timeless, man. And, you know, we don't really get into it much, but, you know, uh, I think, you know, some things are in the works that, you know, he will be able to, exp- you know, tell his story. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, people in Mississippi, we just feel like that was our Michael Jordan, and we felt like we got raw. And this guy, just what he stands for and his humility, you know, towards people. Humility. Oh, man. You know, it's just a person you want to be around. And the key is that, you know, 
I bring around and they love to be around it, man. But let me ask you your opinion about this, because um, I think this is a, a white issue at this point. As you know, I've been very critical of Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, and Blondie, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> because, because they haven't been more outspoken as white uh, influencers, you know, in the space of social injustice. And I think the NFL right. has sort of been fraudulent uh, in in the movement to be quite honest with the NBA and the WNBA have been more at the forefront. So right. do you care? Do you think black people care if Tom Brady, if you know, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning and Blondie were to speak out consistently <laughs> about social injustice? You like that Blondie reference, huh? Well, you, you crazy. Do you, do, you, do you think it would influence white people if, if they spoke out more? Cause I can't stand Tom Brady at this point between all his millions and hundreds of millions and speaking out about everything except black lives matter. Right. I think, uh, you know, some people care, some people don't care. And uh, you have some people say, well, you know, maybe he feels a certain way behind closed doors, but they will say, well, why he doesn't say anything publicly? You know, I think people. But all four of them? Yeah. One of them? Yeah. I think in the black and brown community, uh, people would probably embrace them even more. If, you know, they came out and, you know, made a statement, but that ain't, that's not, I don't see that happening. And, you know, me being in, in that part of that community, I can care less, you know, if they did uh, make a statement or whatever, but, you know, um, you just never know how these guys feel about certain things. And now we never know, you know, if someone told him not to speak on certain topics or it's going right. to be a problem. I mean, what what problem? Yeah, give me a give me a break. What <laughs> problem is Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady gonna have at this point? Right, like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> right, like that's my stance on the issue. Yeah, and, and, and you know, so it, it's just I will not stop talking about it, and I will not stop criticizing them until they start doing more. And now right. that Tom's back, and the, and the shit that pisses me off among other things, is that Tom announces retire his fake-ass retirement on the first day of Black History Month. Like, you, you couldn't announce your retirement on a different fucking day? Yeah. You had to take one of those 28 days? Yeah. Man, get yeah. the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the podcast. But if you love the very famous rapid-fire this or that segment of the podcast, that is next, right here in the Sports Deli. All right, food in Mississippi or Portugal? Oh man, the sip. <laughs> Wait, do they do they have? I mean, this ain't real Southern food, but do, do they have Waffle Houses in Mississippi? What? How many? <laughs> There's wow. Well, I just thought it was more like the Eastern Seaboard. I didn't no, know Mississippi had. Yeah, they got a Waffle wow. House Wait, in Mississippi. Wait, do you do you like Waffle House? Oh yeah, for sure. I take I like Wait, Waffle. I think I like that. Yeah, but wait, but wait, but wait, but wait, 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 but, but wait. In the morning or the, or the evening? Waffle Late House don't it don't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> wait, do you know the chef's name? At the Waffle House? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, it ain't it ain't like that. But wait, with like steak and eggs or what? What's your favorite dish? Grits? Um, or we get I get the uh, all American with uh, uh, you know with grits. Uh, 
Wow, and I don't have my co-host on here to talk about the All-American. See, he always talked about the All-American, how it's not on the menu, but if you ask for the extra waffle and whatever for a buck more, they'll double everything. Yeah. Steph Curry or Isaiah Thomas? Steph has no finals MVPs. I'm going to go with Isaiah. Zeke was amazing. Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich? Phil Jackson. Hmm. Pat Summon or Gino? Pat. Hmm. I love it. All right. Uh, so in five years, where do you see yourself with, with what you're doing now with Mahmoud and Donald or doing something uh, else? Five years from now, I, I, I see myself um, hopefully still, prayerfully still healthy. The business has, you know, grown uh, globally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you ain't washing no dishes. Yeah. How, how have you navigated COVID and what, what, what did it teach you about yourself uh, being in the space that you're in, the healthcare field? I had COVID, you know. Uh, when, you know, before it all, the vaccination and all that stuff, man, and it was, it was a brutal time for me. Okay. So if you got to have any five people at your dinner table, uh, past or present, dead or alive, but you can't know who they are. I never, okay. I met Jordan, so he don't count. Um, wait, how, how was that? Was he just like, whatever? Oh, it was great, man. I got to send you the footage. Oh man. That's awesome. He actually responded to me. And said he would be interested in possibly coming on the show. And then I haven't heard back, obviously, but I'm pretty sure it was him. It, it was a ghost account. But the way that he, the the, the language that he used, oh, I don't what? think it was somebody else. Yeah, Why? I don't know how I found it. Yeah, it was crazy. Madge Johnson. Why well, never met Madge? Nah, I just never ran into him. Wow. Yeah, uh, I would say Madge Johnson, Andre 3000. I'd love to meet him. That's two. I would say Muhammad Ali. That's three. Yeah, that's a popular one. Man, Marvin Hagler. I would have loved Wow, him. marvelous Marvin Hagler? Yeah, Marvin Hagler. I wonder what it was like, you know, to just be around him. That's wow. four. And I would say number five would be Bird, Larry Bird. Wow. I love to meet Larry Bird. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Andre, Andre 3000 is a rapper for those of you guys that don't know. So wait, <laughs> but, but uh, well, who would be the first female at your table? If you could choose your first female, probably uh, Oprah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Her mom. I mean, her, mom, her aunt was my English teacher in high school. Wow. For real. Yeah. Oprah Winfrey's uh, aunt was my uh, wow. English teacher. Yeah. That's fascinating. Is your, is she still alive? Her aunt? Uh, that I don't know. I mean, she was kind of, you know, maybe like 60. Oh, uh, back then, yeah. Yeah. So that's been almost 30 years ago. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that you want to share? We've been in 29 countries. Uh, we've had a lot of amazing guests, and I always love things. And, and what you're doing um, is amazing, uh, not only with your day job, but, uh, you know, just generational wealth is important to me. Uh, being an ally is important to me. Being a connector, I wouldn't say, as I've said before, I'm not an influencer, not not yet anyway. I, I hope to be just so that I can be more of an influence in the white space to to educate and mobilize and, and use my resources and platform to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you guys are doing to create um, representation and generational wealth, especially for you three uh, incredible uh, black gentlemen, 
is amazing and there's a lot of people in those spaces little kids and uh, boys and girls that are watching you guys and seeing that it's it's possible and i think that's amazing well mahmoud and i and donald as well we, you know we, we're trying to make this global a global right. event you know when you when you have two guys like that it, there's no way that it couldn't be global you yeah. know yeah right you know? yeah so at some point you know we're just trying to figure out where the first global event will be you know yeah, well, I think the United States is a great place to start. Yeah, but, you know, you could go to you could go to China. I mean, right. you know, maybe incorporate uh, Stefan Marbury. I mean, right. you know what he did overseas. Right. I mean, you you bring him in, in into the mix, you know, a little bit just for that overseas piece. Holy right. moly, yeah. I mean, he's an icon over there. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's an influencer online too. If you watch some of his content on uh, Instagram and stuff, I mean, he he's got a huge following. Mm -hmm. Just my input, just a thought. Right. You know, really wanted to, um, you know, send some love and flowers your way because uh, what you're doing in the basketball space in particular, I think, is phenomenal. And uh, anything about the pro day? How did that go? Was that was that was that? Did you were you surprised four WNBA teams came to that? Um. I had been in, I had I had been in contact with uh, teams and you know yeah. I had been sending players to Europe you know my first two years and um, you know I built it to where not I built it we've built it to where you know it's been uh, phenomenal. Now I, I train girls that's on the draft board, so that may you know that that helped a lot. You know and it got coaches yeah. uh, to come and then. The H, I'm going to send you the article, HBCUSI.com, uh, Sports Illustrated part. Of, um, yeah. They did an article this morning, so I'm going to send it to you. Oh, man. It made Sports Illustrated. That's phenomenal. Hey, oh, man, it. that's awesome. Great stuff. Well, you know, with the WNBA expanding in the future, uh, not only in terms of teams, but roster sizes, yeah. you know, and, and hopefully we keep a lot of these players home instead of sending them overseas, you know, obviously right. uh, prayers to Brittany. Griner and, and her family and and hopefully hopefully we'll see her back here in the states uh sooner rather than later terrible situation going on right now there right yeah all right bro we'll talk soon much love much respect thanks for coming into the sports deli where everyone deserves a seat at the table especially ba all right man all right man all right peace okay. all right Thank there you. you have it ladies and gentlemen we yeah. will now begin the outtakes and the additional content that we're bringing to you for free right now is the, is What's okay, happening, so, bro? Not much. Is the uh, lighting good and the stuff like that? The you know what the blinds behind you. You should point the uh, blinds in an upward position. Let me see. Because if they're down, it, the light comes in. But if it goes up, you know what I'm saying. It it ends up being oh, I could, better. Let me see if I can slide it. Uh, that's better. Oh yeah, that's way better. Yeah. Yes, sir. I, I see you sporting that shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what's up, man. Man, it was. I it love was it. Pretty... Red, red was my high school color. We were the Redskins. They have since okay. changed their name. So y'all was the Redskins. Yeah, my high school experience was interesting because uh, when I was a freshman, we won the state championship, and I was uh -huh. sort of at an inner wow. city high school. Yeah. And we had um, Ricky Lupo. I mean, he he was one of these guys that did the Steph Curry stuff back then. He would sit right. at the lunch table and he would do the through the legs thing while he was sitting on the bleachers or at the chair. You know, the the old school yeah. like at, 
we were just starting to get creative back then when the three-point line just came out. Yeah. And I mean, he had stupid handles. I mean, people had stupid handles back in the day. There's just no social oh, yeah. media. Right. You know, but but that team was incredible. We were class B. Class A was the highest. Class B was second. And we mm-hmm. won a state title. But we had uh, Holyfield, who ended up going to Illinois State. We had Birdman, who was is a six guy, six seven lefty. I mean, we yeah. had f- 61 players. It was incredible. Wow. And so I was a freshman and like, I just watched this guy at lunch every day. He didn't even know who I was. I was on the freshman team, but he didn't really know who I was. Cause I was only, I'm the last white guy that ever played on my high school team. Oh, wow. there's never been a white guy at Oak park high school in Michigan since. Oh, wow. No, seriously. Cause yeah. Cause I asked the guy that succeeded the coach that won the state championship. Who's a good friend of mine, my old seventh grade history teacher, Mr. Golding. And he said, yeah. I don't think there's ever been a white guy since you. Wow. Crazy. That's and I was crazy. a token white guy. I mean, I hustled, but I didn't know what I was doing back then. You know what I mean? Right. But that was an interesting experience. But, you know, it taught me a lot. And we always talk about, you know, uh, he'll, he'll be back in a minute. But we always talk about, like, street ball. And, you know, you know, the, I don't really reflect much back on, on my uh, childhood in terms of, you know, what it taught me and how different it is now. Uh, but it it definitely was different back then. So uh, we're going to wait here for a second. We have some technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. Um, hope you're enjoying these outtakes uh, here at the end and uh, you enjoyed the uh, podcast. So as we uh, wait for Brian to come back into the room, um, over my right shoulder. Hey, my bad, man. Old license plate point guard there that I had in college. No, it's all good, man. It's part of the outtakes anyway. So anything that happens, that's funny. <laughs> it, it's even better, bro. <laughs> man, my, take uh, take no, two, when, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> when, when somebody calls me, what am I supposed right. to do? Yeah, yeah so, there's nothing you can do. You either decline okay, it or it just takes over. Yeah. Okay. Unless it's an emergency and then we can listen in on it. And then that, that'd be uh, good no. content too. <laughs> no, so just let it ring. So just let it ring. You let it ring. I edit it out later, so it's all good. And then I put this stuff in outtakes, anyways. People love that stuff, so it's all good. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, like I was saying, you know, and sometimes we talk about this on the show, but you know, street ball back when we were playing, I don't know about for you, but man, you know, you were balling because you didn't want to wait an hour and a half. Oh, yeah, know, for if sure. You, if you lost, if you lost, it's now over. it's over with, and people now don't even understand it. Like, what next game's at three o'clock? <laughs> you know, it's like. Been, hey, uh, you know, these no kids clue. nowadays, they don't even play uh, pickup basketball like that, you know? Man, if that didn't teach me a lot about life, forget about basketball. Right. You know, I had right. an interesting discussion with a friend of mine a long time ago, um, probably a year ago, not a long time ago, but then we just revisited it. And it was an interesting discussion because, you know, when I was in high school, the N-word with the A at the end of it was something that I used to be transparent because everyone used it with me. They'd be like, what's up, my n-? And right. so my best friend works for Think Detroit Pal, which is an inner city uh, youth organization. And he had an incident where there was the N-word being thrown all over the place. And, you know, you've been around it, you know, being from the South. And we'll, we'll right. do a formal intro here in a minute. But I, I thought it was interesting. So we had a, we had a, um, um, a, a private conversation uh, about a year ago. And he's like, dude, I don't want you to use that word even with me privately now he he has a black wife 
this is his second black wife and he's you know he's been around people of color his whole life so you know if i you know in high school i was integrated in fifth grade and but 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 back in the day you know my my contention was but like if we're behind closed doors like if we say what's up my nick you know it's like intent matters right you know but he said you know what i just had a change of heart with the word right and you know i don't know recently i've i've sort of thought about it a little bit differently and it's like of course intent matters but um i'm not offended if someone privately says you know what's up who what's up my nick what's up dog because I understand what it what it means, you know, it's sort of a compliment, just like, you know, when when Luca was called a, a, a bitch ass white boy, some right. people didn't understand it, you know, when Montreal, you know, when he was saying that, kind of, you know, so there's certain things that are there's nuance to it. Right. But I respect I respected his opinion and the fact that, you know, he didn't even want to do it behind closed doors, even with his boy, you know, because of his experiences in life and his wife's black and, you know, the, the obviously the history of the word, right? you know. What are your thoughts about that? You know, obviously, publicly, you hear a white guy say it. It's completely, you know, not even a question. It's unacceptable. But, you know, if if right. if two white guys from back in the day are like, what's up, my, you know, is that something that's offensive to you? Uh, man, you know, it just depends on, you know, I guess where you had it. You know, um, I try not to use it, you know, myself. Yeah. And, um, you know. Because it's still everywhere, right? It's, it's yeah. you know. Uh, is it? I mean, well, like Atan Thomas can't stand the word. Like if you go on his podcast, he's been on my podcast. Atan can't stand the word, and people know it. Like right. don't use it privately on my show. They, I mean, he didn't let people use it when he was in the NBA. Right. So like I, I get it. I think I've just become desensitized by it, or it was such a normal thing in high school that I just was like, uh, right. and I okay. always wondered, like in in professional sports, you know, how often is that word used, like in the practice setting and and things of that nature. I, I think uh, one of my mentors, I know he, when he was in the uh, NBA coaching, I know he didn't allow, you know, they, they make you run or something like that. You know, if it was, you know, if it was used and, you know, stuff, but I, uh, I at this point, you know, so many, like I'm around a lot of kids and, you know, they, they, they yeah. use it, you know what I'm saying? Towards other ethnicities and stuff like that. But I just, you know, I don't really like it, but hey, I'm from the deep south, so you know, you know how we feel about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never allow any of that stuff sagging. Uh, the N word, you know, none of that. Even even the you know the N I G G A version, you know, in practice when I was a head coach, like none of that stuff right. was 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 allowed. I, it was just more of an interesting discussion behind closed doors, and right. you know, I guess it goes to the point when you're behind closed doors, that's really where you got to have these new narratives really going to change people's minds so right. you know it, it, it was an interesting discussion between two white guys you right. know from, from growing up in the you know 70s and 80s and 90s yeah. all right i'm gonna do a formal intro and then we will uh rock and roll with um uh the sports deli today and i'm excited very excited uh to have we got four podcasts in the next two weeks so it's, it's a busy time for us but uh you're you're batting lead off so you know i'm very excited about that Appreciate it. All right. And anything later, just let me know. We can add it in or, or edit it. It's all good, man. But okay. very, very excited. All right, everybody. But he moved to like, uh, they moved, my grandparents moved to Oakland, California, Vallejo area when he was like maybe uh, two or three. So he spent like 30 plus years in the Oakland, Vallejo area. And then he came back, uh, met my mom. You know, they had me. Um, you know, I had a, I, you know, 
I was the only child growing up and stuff like that. And I never, you know, went, went that route. And that's one of the things that made my parents proud is that, you know, I could have went left, you know, but man, when I started getting influenced, you know, by my uncles and stuff like that, they play sports and, you know, I come from a, a sports background, you know, um, once that took over my attention, you know, it was just, it was just going to be hard to go astray and uh, do the wrong things, you know, because I, uh, even though I've never seen anybody uh, like make it to college and play and pros and stuff like that, I still just, you know, I just had my talent and I had my dream. Like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm just going to, you know, keep believing in something that I, I can't see right now. But just, you know, I learned a lot of core values, you know, from my parents, just how to treat people, you know, how to be nice and, uh, and things of that nature that led over to, you know, when I started to grow up a little bit. And, you know, so that's the other thing that I find fascinating is, you know, maybe it wasn't the right time, you know, European style basketball was just, you know, probably ahead of our time, right. quite honestly, in terms of the way they play the fluidity of the game, you know, mm -hmm. both you and I are skills trainers and we understand that better than anybody, but I, I find it amazing that um, people back then learn the things in the way that they did, because they're, you know, what are you going to do? Pause a VHS machine. You know, you hit the right. pause button, you're going to be late. Right. You're going to miss the move. You know what I'm saying? Right. No YouTube, no phone, nothing. Right. You know, so we were learning things back then, like just like you said, shadowing and and just, you know, watching other people out in street ball and stuff like that. So that's amazing that you. I think if I would have been from like a major city, L.A., New York, Chicago, I wouldn't even went to college for sure. That's amazing. So when you went to Elkhorn State, so you chose Elkhorn State. Coach is obviously very happy. Now, was your non-conference, because my good friend, Kevin Brodus, is at Morgan State right now. And obviously, I've known a lot of people over the years, just like you do in the coaching business, because you know, I've been on the men's side 15 years, and it's my 15th year on the women's side. Uh -huh. And so, you know, those schools, the, the HBCs that you're talking about, the historical black colleges versus, versus you know, the PWIs, the predominantly white institutions, they play a lot of non-conference games against the PWIs, against the Power Fives to make money. Right. And occasionally there's an upset. So, but did, did you guys do that? Did you have that as your formula to play, you know, some of the power fives in the non-conference to make money and, and just get, get better for conference play? Yeah, we did, you know, play those money games to, um, to, you know, generate funds for the school and things of that nature. But man, we were talented, uh, battle Oregon real tough, um, you know. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. I'm sure you watch both the men's and the women's uh, NCAA tournaments, just because you coach men and women. Yeah. Um, did you watch the interview with Gino yesterday? No, I missed. You know, I've heard him speak about not only professional basketball skills trainers like us. You know, and he's always said that he's for them. He just wants them to teach people how to win. Right. You know, instead of dribbling nine million times and, you know, not having an understanding of team basketball and those types of things, which I which I appreciated and I agree with, you know, you got to teach people how to win. Right. But, you know, he's been to don't quote me, 14 straight final fours and 16 straight elite eights. And, <clears throat> you know, I heard him not only after the game, but with, with uh, Scott Van Pelt. And, you know, I always am interested in, you know, whether it's Coach K, you know, or Gino, you know, or Muffet McGraw, when they reflect back on their careers, 
and and uh, you know how humble they are even if they've had moments you know because we're all competitive right we all right. talk shit you know right. we, we all have beefs or rivalries or whatever it is and so I just thought you know <clears throat> I listened to a lot of coaches during the pandemic I don't know if you did they had those free clinics on the NABC uh-huh. and I listened every day for a year and I learned a lot from those coaches. You know, I, I don't agree with all of it, but I like to listen to people with different opinions because it makes right. me a better, better person, better coach. Right. But it was just it was interesting to hear to see Gino crying. Uh, and, you know, you know, you just talked about an injury and they've had more injuries this year, arguably, than any team in the country. And, and right. for them, obviously, if they don't have Paige, they're not going anywhere. Let's just be real. Right. She's, she's the best player in college basketball. I don't care what people say about Caitlin. They're both great for the women's game, but I just think Paige is, is a generational player. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Right. And so, but anyways, I, I don't know what your thoughts are about Gino. You know, if you think he's the greatest women's coach of all time, or, you know, obviously he's, he's good for the game in a different way. Um, but he, he, he's just, you know, the way he responded was just all about the, the girls, you know, those young women and, and, and he just tried to deflect every chance he got, you know, to make it about them. And I just, that's what I took, that's what I took away from it. Well, I mean, you know, I know he's considered one of the greatest coaches of all time. Uh, he got Pat Summit, you know, so, um, you know, it just depends on who, you know, who you talk well, you to. you ask. No, I understand. And I've, and I've had people on the show that have criticized, you know, and everyone, everyone has their opinion about, you know, these coaches. Um, and we don't really know people, you know, fully. Right. right. And you and I know things that, that other people don't know just because we're, you know, we're behind the scenes a little bit, but it's somewhat lucrative, right. When you're going overseas back then. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the pay was good and uh, you know, it's yeah. not like, NBA and stuff like that, but it was good, you know. Um, so they could only have two Americans at that time. I was the only American on my on that team in Germany, and man, my my point guard was like 15 years old as a pro. That's crazy. A lot of people that have come on have talked about depression and mm. suicide. My father committed suicide when I was nine, mm. and and Shea Hillenbrand came on and said that you know he was a major league baseball all star and. He was on his deathbed, you know, and because your identity is often uh, tied to your whole life, which was playing sports. Right. And so when, when did, were you accepting of the fact that it was over and that, that you had to move on or was that, was that a hard period for you? Man, you know, I had a great high school coach and um, he always told us that this is going to end one day. So you, you remember know, that. Yeah, I remember that. So when I reached the age of 30, I said, man, if I'm not in the NBA, I'm probably sure, I'm sure I could have played another four years. But when I reached 30 and I said, you know, if I'm not in the NBA, I'm done. And when I said I was done, there was no, man, I'm going to, you know, go off the deep end and anything like that. I had gave basketball every ounce of me. I gave it everything I had. So when I said it's over, man, that's it. You know, I think I, I think some of my friends probably thought I was gonna go crazy without playing basketball. Man, I, ain't, <laughs> I haven't missed. I haven't missed. Uh, I really don't miss because mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been doing this since I was six years old. You know, so now I, I just enjoy watching other people play. Now, you know, like there's times when I'm at a game 
you know, uh, it takes a lot for a kid to get me off my feet, but sometimes it happens. Right. Yeah, you know, but now when I when I stopped playing, man, that was it. Yeah. No re- no regrets. I don't think no about regrets. if I would have went to another school, none of that. You know what I'm saying? Because I only can deal with what's in the moment, what's what's now, you know, what's what what happened. You know? Yeah. Well, that's a credit to your upbringing your, and your parents and your high school coach, like you just mentioned, because a lot of people don't have that, and you know, to fall back on or think back on, um, right. you know, when they're transitioning. But did you were you around players that um, because, look, let's be honest, uh, there, there's certain narratives in society, uh, you know, uh, white versus black in terms of mental health. You know, but uh, yeah, music. Yeah. Music motivated me. And my parents had all those records. Uh, I listened wow. to listen to double dutch bus every day <laughs> but uh, i forgot his name it was frankie something uh the double dutch bus uh yeah 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 it was crazy he, man so wait what yeah. do you listen to now oh now um uh, outcast for sure that's timeless um yep. nas. nas i listen I to nas. nas yeah outcast did you like uh, krs one yeah it was cool KRS one. My favorite KRS one song was uh, "Love's Gonna Get You." God, that shit was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That was the jam. The beat and the and the lyrics. Oh man, it was there, man. The beat and the fire, crazy, bro. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. And um, I listened to Jay Z. uh, Yeah, pretty much the old school guy. Oh, J Cole. Yeah, he snaps. Yeah, J Cole. Yeah, I, I like the last J. Cole. So that's and, fascinating. And Big Creek because he's from Mississippi. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh. Music trends, fashion trends are influenced by people of color. Right. And really, that's where that's where it's it started for the longest right. for several decades. Right. Whether it's Timber Timberlands or Max Julians or Fila's or LSAs or Nikes mm-hmm. or you know, wearing clothes a certain way, like it's that's where it starts. Right. Man, Man like that's that, so interesting. Old school Brooks that uh Dominique Wilkins. Brooks, Dom. <laughs> Anytime I see someone with some Brooks out here, I'm like, you know who wore those shoes, right? No right. idea. I'm like Dominique. Or was Wilkins. it pro kids? Was it Brooks or no, Pro no, Kids? It was Brooks. No, it was Brooks. He used to wear Brooks. I'm almost positive it was Brooks, man. Wow. Absolutely. Brooks and Pro Kids. Brooks. Wow. <laughs> That's so shit. Wow. No one is saying that every kid should go to HBCUs and things of that nature. But, you know, uh, things are, uh, they're shedding light on uh, HBCUs and, you know, kids are, you know, going to schools like that. And, you know, I look back at it, you know, uh, when I made the decision that I made, you know, there was, you know, wasn't no movement or nothing like that. I, I chose to do that. Uh, on my own and stood alone and uh, a lot of people don't even know that you know know that story but hopefully one day you know it gets out and people want to you know do some do something on it you know but I think the you know the movement was pretty good well and you know you just talked about it you know Dion is coaching right at uh, Jackson State and and Hugh Jackson and football is coaching like grambling and and you know there's there's uh and eddie george is uh coaching i mean these are big names in football you know anyways and yeah. you know um howard's got a big name coach 
you know, uh, on the men's side. And uh, Kevin Brodus has coached at Georgetown uh, and is at Morgan State now. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it, it's a thing. I don't know if you're going to, you know, get a tremendous amount of, um, you know, five-star players to go to HBCs, but but at least they're right. they're considering it. Right. Well, I would say, man, you know, we always talk about it's not a, a level playing field, which is not, you know. But, man, when you're in this business and you listen to some of the conversations and things that go on, it's almost like it's a uh, – why is it frowned upon if a kid decides, hey, I want to go to an HBCU? What is, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I can only imagine when uh, Travis Hunter, you know, signed with Jackson State, uh, what his inbox, you know, people were saying in the inbox and uh, what was said. I saw what was said on Twitter, you know, and I can only imagine the things that were said about me at the time, but there was no social media. So I'm glad, you know, it wasn't no social media then when I made that decision, you know, because I, it was definitely a uh, frowned upon, but man, you, you, you know, like we're adults, like how can you get mad at a teenager for making <clears throat> a decision that has nothing to do with you? Like you're not going to run one sprint for that kid at practice. You're not going to get up and go to class for this kid, you know, none of that. So man, they, you know, I just think, man, a lot of kids probably want to do it but it's just the people around them, you know, it's just not going to allow them to do it. You know what I'm saying? My thing is you, you, if you have options, you free to go wherever school you want to go. But if they, you know, if a young lady or a young man decides to go to an HBCU, that's their business, you know? Yeah. Well, not only, you know, from the atmospheric standpoint of, uh, of his prime years, cause when it happened, he was always oh, talking about that man. was the guy who we saw at LSU. He was there. I mean, and he still got nine years uh, out of his career. He got nine, you know what I'm saying? Meaning uh, he's get, he still will get a check the rest of his life, you know, from the NBA yeah. or what, for whatever it's worth. But, uh, you know, man. The way that the game is now, the way people are always, you know, talking smack and flamboyant and, you know, center of attention and tweeting, you know, he, he was the opposite. He was literally Barry right. Sanders of, of basketball, hand the ball to the referee after a touchdown, no yeah. dancing, you know, no, no putting the mouth guard sideways in your mouth. No right. disrespect to Steph, but he was just as humble as, as humble can be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to pay off. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, you have to be true to your authentic self, like we talked about earlier, and that's just right. that's just who he is. Right. But, but let me ask you your opinion about this, because um, I think this is a, a white issue at this point. You know, obviously things are better for the black and brown people in America, but there's still a lot of issues with health care, you know, and and a lot of other things from the police to we had an insurrection. You know, there, there's just there's still a lot of craziness that's going on. And we're living in crazy times and, and, you know, with Ukraine and all kinds of other stuff. But I've been very critical and you're not in the football space necessarily, but but you are in the black space and I'm in the white space. And I realize that people can do whatever they want to do. But I, I OK, so you got a couple of Mississippian baseball players, Dave Parker or Dennis Oil Can Boyd, who is your favorite Mississippi baseball player? Favorite Mississippi baseball player, man, probably I would go with. Oil can boy. People don't know about oil can man for the Red yeah. Sox boy. He was, he yeah. was man. He yeah. Was a great pitcher. 
Wait, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Favorite basketball player of all time? Jordan. On the women's side? <clears throat> Women? Uh, I will go with uh, Cheryl Miller. Wow. You know, I hope she's doing okay, but when I saw her at Cal State LA uh, a few years ago, man, mm -hmm. she didn't look good. Mm. She looked very disheveled, and I don't know if she had a relapse or what, but, man, I hope she's okay, but she was phenomenal. Cheryl, yeah, Cheryl Miller? Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I, didn't know, yeah. I didn't know anything about her, you know, other than yeah. just a yeah. basketball player. Yeah. yeah, no, she's a phenomenal player, but, yeah, she, she, she went, I think, with, uh, you know, some other things uh, extracurricular wise. Um, Dave Chappelle or Richard Pryor? Man, uh, I would say Chappelle because that's more, you know, uh, your time. Yeah, but man, that Richard Pryor on Sunset with the with the red <laughs> with the red suit on, man, that's oh crazy. my god. <laughs> oh man, what about uh, Eddie Murphy or Chris Rock? Speaking of red and raw, Eddie Murphy. Man, Delirious was my favorite stand-up yeah. ever. <laughs> Wait, what'd you think of the Chris Rock, uh, Will Smith thing? Oh, man, you know, I try to stay away from that uh, whole... Like, but I see, this to... is my thing. They both apologize, though. Right. So I, I appreciate the fact that they both publicly apologize. Right. The one thing yeah. that bothers uh, me, man, I just hate that people just... That's all they talk about. You know, like, I, I try to stay out of people's business on social media and stuff like that with celebrities and things yeah. of that nature. You know, I didn't even know it happened because I was asleep and uh, I woke up and saw <laughs> it. I just, when I saw it, I just kept Everywhere. it moving, you know, like, man, leave these people alone, you know? Yeah. Uh, best mama joke. <clears throat> Your mom is so dumb. I told her it was chilly outside and she went inside and got a spoon. Oh. Your mom is so your mom is so dumb. She brought a spoon to the Super Bowl. Or your, your mom is so dumb. She went to the dentist to get a Bluetooth removed. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> man! I don't think I have any. Uh, I don't think I have any good mama jokes, man. You, hey, you say that. <laughs> uh, you, you say that in Mississippi, man. They gonna Will Smith your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh shit. <laughs> Okay, be best basketball joke. Why did the chicken cross the basketball court? He heard the ref was blowing fouls. Oh, wow. Or wow. where where is the be a basketball player's favorite place to eat? Where? Dunkin' Donuts. That's not bad. That was all right. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Favorite golfer. Do you like golf? Yeah, Tiger Woods. Yeah. What was your favorite TV show growing up? Man, I would say different strokes. <laughs> wow. Out of all of them? That's amazing. I loved All in the Family. Yeah, Sanford and Sons. Family. Yeah. Sanford yeah. and Sons was cool. Yeah. Actually, like Chico and the Man. Remember Chico and the Man? No, I remember that. Wow. Chico and the Man was great. It followed Sanford and Son. <laughs> uh, empathy or forgiveness? Uh, forgiveness. Favorite movie of all time? Do you have a favorite movie? Favorite movie, man. It's probably between like it was so I can't explain it. Like it's so, it was so gangster, but it really didn't have a whole lot of killing in it. Carlito's Way, the first one was oh, just yes, man. That movie was so player and gangster, bro. <laughs>
That's my favorite. That's classic. That's my favorite. Uh, candy or popcorn at the movies? Popcorn. Butter? Light. Light butter. I feel yeah. So you're married. So wait, vacuum, vacuuming dishes or laundry? Which one I like? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll, do the, I'll do the laundry. <laughs> yeah, Let me ask you this question. You have a day job. And right. and for your day job, you know, COVID uh, affected you in in a lot of ways, right? Um, well, just being being uh, proactive and uh, responsible around others, you know, uh, just trying to keep myself safe and healthy, and then you know, just watch what I got, you know, going on around me because I work with a lot of different people, you know, or kids. I do things with adults and all kind of stuff you know so man because i had covid you know uh when you know before it all the vaccination and all that stuff man and it was it was a brutal time for me you know going through that and experiencing that man it was it was tough but can you tell everyone just about how our frontline workers are heroes oh yeah people don't know about tell us a story about some of the frontline workers or one story that you're just like People don't have any idea about, you know, wearing a mask for 12 hours as a doctor or as a nurse or just, you know, triple masked or whatever. It, you know, you got a good story? Uh, man, you know, I have to be a little careful because of the, you know, the yeah. laws and things of that nature. But no, just I think just, man, it's wearing that mask and shield and things, you know, when it first started, like all day. Man, it kind of made things difficult, you know, hard to breathe and and things of that nature. Man, it was it was tough. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was tough. Yeah. Shout but, out to all the frontline workers, man. Oh yeah, for, for sure. Real. Yeah. Okay, so here. if you could have any, yeah, yeah. It, it's been a crazy two years. It's been a crazy two years. Yeah, yeah. and hopefully we're uh, getting back to some level of normalcy. All right, anything else, man? Fascinating conversation. I uh, appreciate your time. You've been very generous with your time. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, I think right now, you know, um, just like I know you said at the beginning, you know, where they can follow us at man, things of that nature. And, uh, yeah. you know, if anybody have any questions, you know, they feel free to contact me and, you know, and uh, we're just trying to continue to grow and uh, make this a movement and uh, help as many people, you know, as, as we can. We so here. are you guys just doing it in the South or is it something you're going to tour in the summers and go to different cities and, you know, how does how it work exactly? Cause it's more of a holistic thing, right? You're doing more to teach oh, yeah. the kids about different things and education and, and everything. Right. Well, Mark Moon and I and Donald as well, we, you know, we, we trying to make this global, a global right. event. You know, when you, when you have two guys like that, it, there's no way that it couldn't be global, you yeah. know? Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah, so at some point, you know, we're just trying to figure out where the first global event will be, you know? Yeah, well, I think the United States is a great place to start. Yeah. But, you know, you could go to you could go to China. I mean, right. you know, maybe incorporate uh, Stefan Marbury. I mean, right. you know what he did overseas. Right. I mean, you, you bring him in, in, into the mix, you know, a little bit just for that overseas piece. Holy right. moly. Yeah. I mean, he's an icon over there. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's an influencer online, too. If you watch some of his content on uh, Instagram and stuff, I mean, he, he's he got a huge following. Mm -hmm. Just my input, just a thought. Right. 
All right, man. Much love. We'll talk soon. We always talk, everybody. Like we're 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 homies now. We yeah. we've been talking, and uh, I was just uh, you know really wanted to um, you know send some love and flowers your way because uh, what you're doing in the basketball space in particular, I think, is phenomenal. And uh, anything about the pro day? How did that go? Was that was that was that? Did you were you surprised four WNBA teams came to that? Um. I have been in I have I have been in contact with uh, teams and you know yeah. I have been sending players to Europe you know my first two years and um, you know I built it to where not I built it we've built it to where you know it's been uh, phenomenal now I, I train girls that's on the draft board so that made you know that that helped a lot you know and it got coaches yeah. uh, to come and then. The H, I'm going to send you the article, HBCUSI.com, uh, Sports Illustrated part. of. Um, yeah. They did an article this morning, so I'm going to send it to you. Oh, man. It made Sports Illustrated. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, well, well I, if it's okay with you, I'll incorporate that into the video version on YouTube so everybody can see it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, it. that's awesome. Great stuff. Well, you know, with the WNBA expanding in the future, uh, not only in terms of teams, but roster sizes, yeah. you know, and, and hopefully we keep a lot of these players home instead of sending them overseas, you know, obviously right. uh, prayers to Brittany Griner and, and her family. And, and hopefully, hopefully we'll see her back here in the States uh, sooner rather than later. Terrible situation going on right now there. Right. Yeah. All right, bro. We'll talk soon. Much love, much respect. Thanks for coming into the sports deli where everyone deserves a seat at the table, especially BA. All right, man. All right, man. All right there you. you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Brian Adams, professional basketball skills trainer, uh, trying to get, um, you know, their business to go global with Mahmoud Abdul Raouf and Donald Driver. Remember black lives matter. Stop the Asian hate, stop the bullying and please contact your local and state politicians for any marginalization or injustice that's happening individually or collectively with any group. And until next time, remember, it takes a village. Much love, everybody. Peace. Thanks for sharing space with us today. We, we truly hoped you enjoyed that amazing interview. Remember, everyone, Black Lives Matter. Stop the bullying. Stop the Asian hate. Contact your local and state politicians for any inequalities for any individual or any group that's being marginalized. Also, everyone, we want to raise awareness for those individuals that are currently imprisoned for nonviolent offenses, in particular those with long-term sentences that are disproportionate in particular to those people in the black and brown community. And I want to send a shout out to 40tons.co. 40 Tons is a socially conscious cannabis brand and they're a social enterprise using the regulated cannabis industry to fight injustice, in particular for cannabis prisoners. So check them out again at 40, the number four, the number zero, tons, plural, 40tons.co because what they're doing in the cannabis space and being a socially conscious company is truly incredible and uh, they have my full support and also wanted to remind all of you if you're having a tough time you can always call the suicide prevention lifeline and that number is 800-273-8255 that's 800-273-8255 and they are available 24 7 
365 days a year. You can also always check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok, at Mike Hootner. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, Breaking Tea, Sport RX, PSK Collective, City Lokes, and Moolah Kicks, which you can see right here up on the screen. You can search them online at BreakingTea.com, SportRx.com, PSKCollective.com, MoolahKicks.com, and CityLokes.com. And if you'd like to support us at the Sports Deli, we'd love to have you either make a one-time donation or feel free to make a donation monthly, either $0.99 a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. If you have uh, questions about that, Send me an email again to thesportsdeli at gmail.com and I will send you the link on how you can do that. Uh, you can also find it at the bottom of every podcast on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. A link at the bottom to support the show. Please check out our website at thesportsdelipodcast.com. Make sure that we continue the conversations with regards to three strikes and you're out and mandatory minimums, especially people that are in jail for nonviolent offenses. So those things need to change. And remember, gents and ladies, please remember to do your monthly self-breast examinations. And remember, guys, this afflicts about 1,500 men annually with about a third of those resulting in death. So we want to make sure that we do our monthly self-breast examinations, both men and women. And guys, remember to do your self-testicular examinations every month as well. Until next time, remember it takes a village. For Dr. J and Coach K, I'm Hootie Hoot. This has been a production of Hootie Hoot Productions. Thank you for joining us in the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table. Remember it takes a village. Much love, everybody.